Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I have a great interview lined up for you guys today. I have Madonna from Budget Mom Blog on the podcast, and I am so excited to talk to her. She has been sharing her budgeting journey for about four years. She is a mom and wife of two boys, a self-proclaimed reform spender, and a part-time high school teacher. Her family is now consumer debt-free and is currently cash-flowing home updates and working towards paying off their mortgage. She is here to share some of the ways that she has side-hustled over the years to be able to help her family become Become consumer debt free. And she is sharing so much of her personal journey, the ups and downs, the roller coaster, as she calls it, that her and her husband have been on over the years. And we just have a really great, fun conversation. I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Before we dig into this week's episode, I have a little freebie for you guys that I want to pass along. I am now offering some on-demand free workshops, which means my past recorded workshops you guys can access for free. And this week, I want to highlight my Flip Your Clutter Into Cash workshop. And this is a workshop that I recorded back in 2017. But of course, all of the lessons still apply. And in this workshop, I give you insider tips for selling your extra stuff, how to earn extra money, how to get top dollar for what you're selling, strategies for where you sell specific items, how to turn this side hustle actually into a regular job, and even more simple actionable tips as well as a free PDF cheat sheet to help you with a few selling tips. And I think that you guys are really going to enjoy this on-demand workshop. So I'm gonna link in the show notes where you can access that or you can go to a sunnysideuplife.com slash free dash workshops and you'll see the sign up spot there. Okay, let's welcome Madonna to the podcast. Okay, I am here with Madonna, and I am so excited to finally have you on the podcast. Welcome, and tell us more about yourself. Thank you, Sammy. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Um, my name's Madonna. I have a blog called Budget Mum Blog all the way over in Australia on the Gold Coast. I started my blog about four years ago when my son, I was on maternity leave with my son, and I just decided that it was time to really knuckle down. I have a a long history of debt. I'm definitely the spender in our relationship. And so I paid off probably half of my debt at that point, but decided that it was time now that we'd had a child um, that I really wanted to save as much as I could and pay off as much debt as we could and just basically get ahead so yeah that's when I started I couldn't find there's a lot of amazing blogs uh in America but I couldn't find that many in Australia so I just decided I couldn't be the only mum who wanted to know how to save money in Australia because we don't have things like coupons so I was like well I don't know how to save money at the supermarket 
So yeah, I just did all my own research and then started my own blog so that I could share that with other people as well. And since then, I found an amazing community on Instagram and that has just exploded in the last couple of years. I'm sure you've seen that too. Like when I first started, um, there was like three of us in America and I followed like V, Frugal Fox and Amanda just started Debt Free and Sunny uh, CA. And that's who I was following because there was not a lot in Australia, but now there's like literally thousands of us in Australia trying to, you know, be debt free and live a good life in the meantime. That's awesome. That's about how long ago I started sharing too. It was about four years ago. And so, yeah, it's been, the community has grown like crazy since then. It has been really fun to watch, but I honestly didn't know like this whole world existed. I didn't know like people actually did this and they actually talked about it. And this was like a thing. I just yeah, exactly, exactly. I just thought you paid your bills on time. I didn't know it was like a big no, deal. <laughs> I, I'm with you 100%. It was a whole new world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like other people are doing this and other people are talking about this and sharing. And I was just so excited to have other people to be in, like in community with. And it was so much fun. Mm. I love that you're from Australia. You are definitely my first Australian guest. So that's super exciting. I'm very excited. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody else has just been boring Americans, you know, <laughs> so boring. I love Australia and like my second biggest percentage of followers is from Australia. Oh, wow, there you go. Plus, fun fact, I am one eighth Australian. Oh, wow. My great grandma was from Australia and she fell in love with a sailor. My great grandpa was in the Navy and he brought her back to America. They'd known each other like a couple of weeks and they fell in love like at first sight and they stayed married their entire oh, life. Oh, wow. That's an exciting story. Yeah. That's yeah. So, cool. so she had the amazing accent and the, the whole cultural thing and I loved it so it's in there it's in me somewhere it is definitely <laughs> definitely I'm sure if you've ever come to Australia you'll embrace the Vegemite and all the weird stuff yeah. that we do so oh, yeah I, I would love it yes for sure um so I'm sure over there it's basically the same thing our cultures are so much alike in the sense of overspending, living above our means is the norm and on all that kind of stuff. So what has it been like in your experience to raise kids in such a different environment than the norm? My sons are four and a half and one and a half or nearly two. Um, and so at the moment, I guess they're not really questioning um, how we do things, but you do definitely see it with consumerism like we're, we're a big Paw Patrol family at the moment mm -hmm. and he wants everything and we're just like, you, you can't have everything. It's just not. And he's like, well, you know, my friends have this and I don't. And, and I'm like, but you've got to be, we're big on being grateful for what you do have um, and that mummy and daddy go to work and we don't want to go into debt. Um, he kind of, the eldest kind of understands the concept of borrowing money from the bank. Um, and we're like, we, we don't want to do that. Lots of people do. Um, we, we don't. Um, we do have a mortgage. But other than that, we're debt free. And so I think it, it is difficult. And I think it's going to get more difficult as they get older. More he sees things and sees other kids have things and then wonders why he can't. Um, he really... One of his little friends at kindergarten goes on amazing holidays all the time. 
Um, and so that's why he really wants to come to America because um, she's been to America twice in like the last eight months. Oh, gosh. Um, and I'm like, that, that's amazing. Um, and we're not against travel. We, we've been to America a couple of times, but we don't want to um, we don't want to put ourselves into debt. At this point in our life, I'm only, I'm, I'm a teacher and I only work part-time while the kids are little. So our main focus at the moment is domestic travel and, and yeah. paying off the mortgage. Um, so I think it is going to be tougher the older they get. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm looking it's, forward to. There's kind of pros and cons. My, my oldest is nine now. And so there is like, she wants for more, but also we can explain it more to her. So I feel like there are the, the pros and cons of them getting older. Definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, she, and we, and we homeschool and we still get, you know, some of that, like, you know, her best friend went to Disney world and like last summer, summer before. And she was like, why, why have we never been to Disney world? Why have I never been on a plane? Why, you know, and I'm like, well, <laughs> You know, it's, we live different lives and I, you know, I always try to explain like, well, their family has different rules than ours and their family does different things than we do. And this is what we do. And we kind of just, we leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but as you said, hopefully the older they get, the more you can reason with why we choose this lifestyle. Mm -hmm, For sure. So had you guys tried to, you were saying like you were the spender, had you guys tried to kind of get this under control before or what was kind of the final moment that you were like, okay, done. (laughs) Um, Like what happened there? Uh, It's quite a roller coaster. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I, um, looking back, which um, now I'm like big on looking back and tracking your patterns and seeing what has actually happened to got yourself gotten where you are. Yes. My husband and I met and I was still at university to become a teacher and he had graduated. Um, I had quite a bit of debt at that stage. We just met, I'd just been on a six-week European holiday, fully funded, well, not fully funded, three quarters funded by a credit card. Uh, <laughs> so I could laugh now, but I just, I just like. I've been there. Like, <laughs> um, but anyway, and then I came home. I, I think at the height, I probably had around $25,000 worth of credit cards and personal um, loan debt. And then I come home and I decided that I, I'd maxed out my credit card and so I had to ring my sister. I still remember I rung my sister in Amsterdam and was like, I um, I need to borrow money. Um, I've run out of money. And she's like, what for? And I was like, it, it still like embarrasses me, but it still didn't trigger in my head. I was like, oh, I want to get a tattoo while I'm in Amsterdam. And she's like, I am not lending. She's an accountant. I am not lending you money to get a tattoo because you've maxed out your credit card. She's like, I will lend you money so you were safe and end your holiday. She's like, but you were not getting a tattoo. She's like, promise me you won't get a tattoo. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't get the tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so naive. So I came back and it was on her proviso that I got a second job. As I said, she's very financially responsible. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I um, worked in a clothing factory uh, opposite days to my office job. So I worked seven days a week and I paid her off and I paid one of my credit cards off. 
and I thought I was doing very well. Um, and then I met my husband and he was like appalled with my credit cards, like absolutely appalled. He is quite financially uh, switched on. Yeah. So he had enough for a house deposit. Um, so eight months after we met, we brought a house together um, and he he paid off one of my credit cards um, and said, you have to pay off the other ones. And I was like, okay, that's that's fair. So actually, no, he didn't pay off my credit card. He paid off my personal loan. Mm. And he goes, you have to sort out the credit cards. And I was like, okay. So at that stage, we um, had worked really hard to pay off my other debt. And then I just thought, <clears throat> oh, free reign again. So I just started spending like, like, yep. There was no alarm bells at all. And that's when my sister got involved. And <laughs> my sister and my husband drew a graph of how long it would take me to pay off my credit cards, minimum payment, payments, what I was doing and what my average monthly spend was on top of that. And it was something staggering, like 64 years. Mm -hmm. um, it was outrageous. And I just was like, oh. Oh. like massive light bulb moment I was like I'm not going to stick my head in the sand anymore like okay so I kind of reined it in a little bit and then um I'm a teacher so we have to go out on uh, like practicum and teach but it's you don't get paid mm -hmm. so I was working full-time at uni and going to uni and so when I had to do prac I couldn't work at all so we lost my income so we were really doing it tough and so once I finished that and got a job um during that it was like beans and rice my my dish was we were so sick of it we still can't eat it really to this day was we call it tuna mornay it's like a creamy tuna pasta casserole kind of thing oh goodness um, <laughs> and and it was so cheap to make because it was just pasta and a tin of tuna and like a, a white sauce um, that I'd make with flour and water, like a roux and um, flour and milk rather. And, yeah, it just, even now the thought of it, we're both just like, please, no, like no, we're not no. that poor. Like that was like the lowest <laughs> of the lows. We were so, so poor. And then after then I got my job. And so back up, like good times again, like it really was a roller coaster. good times. We didn't stop spending. I did focus on paying off my credit cards and we went out for dinner like three, four nights a week. Our house, it was a townhouse. So the mortgage wasn't massive. Um, we were both working. We were just spending accordingly. We then decided to get married and saved up and paid for that with help from my parents. And then, of course, we decided we were a honeymoon, so that we went to America for five weeks and came home from America with a credit card debt because we uh, was a trip of a lifetime. That's what we kept telling ourselves. Yes, yes. And we just, like, we're spending, like, bought whatever we wanted. And then we came home from America and I bought my first brand-new car. Mm. um so as you can see it just yeah I yeah <laughs> Sammy's like shaking her head yeah. like I get it like I just I don't like I, and I don't know how my husband kind of allowed it either like looking back we both just I think we were so poor and then when I got my full-time job that was like mm. nearly well it was it was double what I was earning before I finished like while I was at university we finally like 
loosened the purse strings, but we just went overboard. It was when we came back from America, we then decided to save. So we paid off the credit card and then we decided to go back to America a year later for another five-week holiday. Because teachers over here, we, we get two weeks holidays every 10 weeks. Mm, um, and then we get six weeks at the end of the year which is your winter our summer so we went to america your winter again for five weeks and i pestered him to go one of my girlfriends at work was going and i was like come on like three found thousand dollar flights you know <laughs> and he was like this is how i got him to go the first time and he was like we can go he's like but no no credit card he's like we're paying cash and i was like okay, I, I can do that. And so I made myself a little um, colouring in chart to save money and put pictures of New York and Disneyland and all those kind of, you know, American places on it. And we saved and we went. And then um, I remember the last night in Las Vegas, we were staying at oh, MGM Grand, I believe, and we were out. We had like $40. So we went down to the food court and brought McDonald's. It was like, your McDonald's is so cheap compared to our McDonald's. Like we were like outraged how cheap McDonald's is in America. So <laughs> we brought two Cokes and I think it was like 20 chicken nuggets for like $4 yeah. or something. It was, it was crazy cheap for us because that would be like $20 over here. Yeah. And that's what we had for dinner. And we went upstairs and watched The Hangover was on TV. And so that that was our last night in Vegas. And we were both like came home and we were so proud of ourselves for we didn't um, put a cent on the credit card. And we were, we were just like high five and getting off the plane. Amazing. Like we had an amazing trip. We made it. We put our credit cards. <laughs> so that's, I guess, yeah, like it was very much like, yeah. <laughs> like highs and lows of, of spending and then yeah we came home and we decided that it was time to grow up pretty much we had the chat when we were over there mm-hmm. it was time to start a family time to buy a house so we came home put our house on the market it sold before it even um went on the market and we moved in with our in-laws saved what we we already had a house deposit from selling our last house mm-hmm. and uh, brought our forever house and yeah that's when I guess we we really kind of knuckled down and then we were trying to have a family it took us a couple of years to have a family and that's when I think I lost obviously in Australia we get maternity leave from the government for 18 weeks and we mm-hmm. get Um, I work for the government because I'm a teacher. And so my state government also pays me 14 weeks maternity leave. So you can take your jobs maternity leave at half pay. So it's stretched out and nearly is a year of paid half pay maternity leave. So we've lost half my income. Um, uh, but it's, it's still, it's still a great deal. That's way better Um, than we have. So that sounds amazing. Yeah, it it, was very, very very lucky. And because I'm a teacher, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit of a scam. Every time you hit school holidays, you go back up to full pay. So every school holidays, we're like, oh my God, this is amazing. But um, yeah, so that's when um, we had my eldest son, Patrick, and we'd lost half our income and we, it kind of was like a realization. We don't want to go back to being on that roller coaster 
of just spending when we've got it and then being like rock bottom when we don't, putting it on credit cards and getting ourselves into this giant mess and then just getting back on the roller coaster. So that's when we really decided to, it's a very long-winded story, but yeah, knuckle down and kind of secure our finances and our future. I love that though. I love that you're so honest about the ups and downs, you know, and, and that you can, like you said, like ride the roller coaster and still come out the other end and still come out successful, have learned your lesson, like all, you know, all the things. And I mean, we did a lot of that kind of stuff too. We did a lot of, we would get, my husband would like get a raise. And so we would increase our spending and yes, yeah. it was constantly like, well, we deserve this. We just, we kept upgrading in house and it was just insane how, how much our lifestyle just kept creeping up and creeping up. And then we were like, yes, Oh, you know, it, it just caught up with us so fast. Yes, it does. Yeah. And especially like you start throwing kids into the mix and then, Oh my gosh, it's so much scarier. You have so much more at risk. And yes. Yeah. Totally. And I I think if I could tell younger me, like there'd be so many life lessons that I would want to tell. Like comparison, you just don't need to compare. And thinking that you deserve things like, oh, we got a pay rise. We we deserve to have takeaway four nights a week because I can't be bothered cooking. No, you just, you can just cook. I'm actually a cooking teacher. That's my profession. I'm a home economics teacher. I I still was like, oh, go out for dinner. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I love it. So you talk a lot on your blog about earning money and selling things and things like that. So I would love for you to share just a few of your favorite tips on earning extra money because a lot of people are struggling now, you know, more than ever. So what are just three or so of the best ways that you think for earning some extra money? Probably I think the easiest way is to sell stuff. I really, I think once you totally commit to the to the debt-free lifestyle and realize that consumerism is just something that you've brought into and not something that you have to abide by, um, just how much stuff you actually have to sell around the house. It's still, I, I've gone through our house multiple times and, and um decluttered and I'm not a minimalist at all that's not me but just the stuff that I have actually wasted money on it's staggering and it upsets you and I think um by selling it and I think people get caught up in that that they then try and sell it to recoup what they paid for it Mm -hmm. but I think they need to take it as a lesson and sell it for what you can get for it and if you paid a hundred dollars for it and you can get 20 for it then that's still $20 more than what you had when it was sitting in your garden shed. Instead of trying, I know a lot of people get caught up in trying to get what they paid for or, you know, try and make money back. And I'm kind of the opposite. You, you need to take the hurt and run with it and, and realise you've made a mistake and try and vow not to make that mistake again. So I think selling um, anything and everything you can, I always jump online to Gumtree or eBay or Marketplace, whichever one um, you got, you guys have obviously different ones to us, but see what other people are selling it for. And then I always price it $5 cheaper. So I'm not, I know a lot of people get mucked around and no shows and I still get that. But I think if you've, if you're cheaper, generally, I don't seem to get mucked around as much. And then that way, just get it. You, you're losing money. 
but you, you've lost money anyway. You lost money when you brought it. So that's probably my number one. And I, I think a lot of people have something to sell. Even when I think, it's no, there. I have nothing left to sell. Yeah. I'm like, oh, actually, no, I, I can find something. I still, I we are in a two bedroom, one bathroom house. And I can still find things to sell. Like I can still people and I post, I try to post on my Instagram stories when I go through and purge, especially my kids' stuff because I can go in there and get an entire trash bag full of stuff. I could right now. And I just (laughs) purged a few weeks ago. There is always something to get rid of, especially if you have kids. Especially if you have kids, like, especially like. It's staggering. Um, and it's staggering how much kids accumulate. Oh, man. Constantly. Like, I don't know how. I, I don't know how. <laughs> my kids are, are young and, and they still manage to accumulate just junk. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> back to the question selling, um, definitely number one. But I think um, if you can find a side hustle, I know I, I've done pretty much anything to make money in the past. I guess that's one thing about me. I've never been too good to give anything a go. As I said, my, my sister's probably like my number one supporter in uh, finances. She's an accountant. And so she she she's quite busy. She's got two teenage boys and quite a long our kind of job and a husband also very busy so I pick up a lot of slack when I'm on maternity leave at their house I do baking I do birthday cakes I do ironing I do washing I do cleaning pretty much I've I've done Christmas present wrapping for um random people I have done ironing cleaning houses um weeding um (laughs) air tasker is amazing i do it a lot of family friends like if you've got any jobs let me know i'm you know anything is better than nothing if our wages are, are quite a bit higher to your guys wages and so over here a lot of people wouldn't work for probably 15 dollars an hour that would be way below our minimum wage um but i'm mm-hmm. like i don't care hit me up i'll, I'll do anything it's better than nothing though that's that, how that, i think and that's what i think a lot of people when they first get into the debt-free mindset they're like oh that's not worth my time or whatever and i think but when you get down to it i think anything is better than nothing i heard jordan page say the other day and i was like that is perfect the way that she has described it it's the thousand dollar purchase or decisions that are hard to make but it's the everyday one and two dollar ones that should be easy, and and that's where you save the majority of your money is the everyday decisions of five dollars, ten dollars, one or two dollars, and that is going to be the spending habits that save you for the rest of your life. And that's what I think with um, selling stuff and with picking up odd jobs, anything is better than nothing. And I'm willing to work, and I'm willing to. Um, to yeah, make fifteen dollars an hour doing someone's ironing while I'm watching Netflix. I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah. So, yeah. I think for me, especially when my kids were really little, when we very first started. My middle daughter was one, two, somewhere in there. And then my youngest was a baby. And so I had, you know, really little kids and I could only do so much. So I would, I would sell a lot of things around the house. That was really my main, my main thing. And I could go and, you know, declutter a closet while the kids were playing or watching TV. And I could, you know, clean up old pieces of furniture. And I even would go to like garage sales or something and get old furniture and repaint it. 
And I would just I love that. pull it yes. inside, inside the house and just clean it up and paint it while they were playing and doing their thing. And I mean, there's still things you can do when you have babies. Or I would go and meet people for um, Facebook marketplace sales. I would wait until I would go to get groceries and then I'd meet them in the grocery store parking lot and I would already have the kids out and, you know, I could kind of do both. And sometimes I could sell enough stuff to pay for the groceries I was about to go buy. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. And I did that with three kids. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. A lot of people are like, I've got little kids. And I'm like, I get that. And I think drag them along. (laughs) I think selling is really number one. Like I really think and I think it most Anyone could do it. And as you said, if you're not comfortable with people coming over, go to a McDonald's Mm -hmm. car park. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, go to the supermarket car park. Like I've done that. Like people that kind of come across a little bit seedy, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll I'll meet you. That's right by my house. I don't care if it's a five minute drive. And I'm like, oh, I'll meet you there. That's, you know, I don't want you to know where I live. And the kids are in the car. It's it's fine. Like I have no problems with that. So yeah, selling is, it's probably the most common way to make money, but I think people underestimate how much stuff they actually have to sell um, and how much money can be made from selling. And I always think, you know, if there was $5 on the sidewalk, wouldn't you bend down and pick it up? So it's worth selling something that's $5. I I would bend down and pick up a penny. (laughs) So I would pick up any, any money. (laughs) But that is so true. Like if if someone just walked up to you and gave you $5 or you found $5, you'd be stoked and you would take it. So why wouldn't you sell something for $5? Like it it doesn't make sense. But yeah, no, I I love thinking of it like that. That's a great idea. That's so true. So are there any ways that you have tried to earn extra money that you wouldn't recommend (laughs) or did it turn out good? Actually, yes. So I had a wildly unsuccessful blog before Budget Mum blog and I actually, um, I made some crafts. Now, I think Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of some life lessons from the crafts I used to make. I used to make stuffed animals, mainly, mainly stuffed sausage dogs. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're very cute. Very, very cute. Super tart, like labor intensive, took a lot of materials and I used to sell them for $35. Now it's a handmade toy. So kids can play with it, but you can't put it in the washing machine. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I think (laughs) the amount of time and effort and resources. I used to get sales, but I just, I think people when they go into a side hustle and I know within our family, you need to do your sums and you need to do them well, what you can sell something for. If if you were going to invest your money into buying equipment, you need to know that there is a market for what you're going to sell before you purchase anything. I ended up kind of turning it around and making, I used to make a lot of library bags and I also then went into making much small animals and I could then sell them for $8 and library bags. I think I was selling for $5, which then people at markets, that's kind of the price point in Australia that you have kind of cash in your pocket that you're willing to part part with for something for your kids. So that 
kind of bolstered my my sausage dogs <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is like looking back I'm like I think they're adorable um my sons both have some but I can understand why it failed because now that I have kids of my own I go I, I would never spend 35 dollars on a toy that is purely decorative can't yeah. be washed disgusting um, <laughs> so I I think um yeah, no, definitely. If you're going down a side hustle, you, you need to do your sums if you were purchasing something. If, if you're making something out of what you've got at home, go for it. No harm, like nothing lost, nothing gained. But if you're pouring money into a side hustle, I, I think you need to know that it is going to uh, at least recoup the money spent, I, I think, yeah. is what you need to be able to do to be able to declare it successful or unsuccessful. And I definitely wasn't recouping what I was spending on market fees and fabric and equipment and and definitely was not making any money for my time. It was yeah. definitely a labour of love. So as a, as a side hustle, that was a serious, I fail. And I've got to be honest, I stuck it out probably for about 18 months too. I, I, lo- I did love doing it, but I was just like, you're not making any money, so... When I started Budget Mum, that's when I was like, no, you, you've got to really look at every aspect of your finances and that is not an aspect that is working for me. So, so, so can, That kind of stuff can be a very expensive hobby very quickly. And, yeah, and that's exactly right. It was, it was yeah. a very expensive hobby. And yeah. people would say, I love that. Can you make it in a yellow floral or something? And so I'd pop to the shops and buy it without a deposit, without any like guarantee that this person was going to buy it and then they just drop off the earth and I have all this you know stuff that I yep. brought and I was like oh what what am I going to do with it now so yeah I've had I've had a few of those kind yeah. of projects of my own <laughs> yeah definitely but my advice is to do your sums of how much you're going to spend and how much yeah. you're going to make before you really dive deep into the stuffed sausage dog world <laughs> Now everybody's not going to be able to get that out of their head. <laughs> That's going to be their lesson. <laughs> is this a stuffed sausage dog idea or not? <laughs> yeah, is this, is this a, that's, that's the question people should ask them. Is this the stuffed sausage dog of my side hustle? It could be. Yes. It really could be. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love it. So I noticed on your blog that you had a lot of um, guest blogs of people talking about different multi-level marketing businesses. And I know that that is always a topic for debate and discussion. Yes. And there are some people that are like, yes, do it. It's a great opportunity. And other people are like, don't ever. It's the devil. (laughs) Um, So I would love just your opinion on that type of thing. If that is a good um, side hustle in your mind, the pros and the cons. I am. Well, I was twice now a a Tupperware lady and I have to say for me it it was an amazing money maker for me Mm -hmm. I I think like pyramid schemes um what recently watched a documentary actually on Netflix about um it was American how they recruit people that that are like at risk that need money and kind of prey on those kind of people to sign up and when it's based around signing people up Rather than selling product, I think that's when you uh, alarm bells should be going off because I think in my career of Tupperware, I think I signed up one person and I didn't even need to, I didn't recruit her at all. 
she had a party and then said to me, I want to join Tupperware. That's why I had a Tupperware party. Can you sign me up? And I was like, I definitely can. But other than that, I would have made thousands and thousands of dollars from Tupperware. Um, and I just used to do that on the weekends, sometimes at night, but mainly Friday night and Saturday mornings was when I had my parties. And then I used to do my orders on a Monday afternoon after school. And yeah, like I, it, it was great for me. And hourly rate wise, it, it would have been like $20, $25 an hour for, for the effort that I put in. Um, I'm quite social most of the time. I can be quite shy, but for me, it was nice. I, I liked it. I like getting out of the house. I liked the cash and I love Tupperware. So I loved the free Tupperware as well. I, I know, and I, I, it really does get a bad rap and I understand why. Like I, I think some of them are just pure scams. I really do. And if that's what you're interested in, there's some like health ones. I, I think health ones particularly without a physical, well, they still have a physical product, but who's made them and what kind of qualifications do they have for making them and making the claims that they do and especially like even essential oils like there's some essential oils that win awards all the time but then if you dig into those awards they've made those award ceremonies themselves mm -hmm. um so it's just like and they're telling people to put it in their food and I'm like oh there's, there's so many red flags in so many of them that yeah I I've only ever done Tupperware and I've, I've only ever had positive experiences with Tupperware you guys seem to have way more mm -hmm. um, MLMs than we have um, oh, wow. they seem prolific <laughs> over there yeah yeah it's it is it can be scary I guess I, I was lucky with Tupperware I I kind of done my research and I liked the fact that I didn't have to pour money into it. I'd be very wary if you had to pay a massive outlay to join. And yeah, as I said, the health ones do scare me because I know, mm -hmm. and the beauty ones, like who, who's making these and what are their qualifications? Whereas at least plastic containers, I kind of feel <laughs> a little bit less risk. Or I don't know. But yeah, um, I know because I know some People in the debt-free community are very outspoken about MLMs and mm -hmm. and I I really do get it. And but I've never had you know how people always say they've had the copy and paste um DM from like an old friend, you know, hey girl. Yes. I've yes. never had one of those. I've I've never had a friend from primary school try and I'll probably get eight tonight now, but no, yeah, try no, and get sell it. me anything. So <laughs> well, I'll get it in flux, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's good advice. I think that's like, you know, do your research and be weary. Like if they are asking for a bunch of money up front and things like that and definitely be smart going into it for sure. Yes. I think that's great advice. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned a little earlier, like if you could give your former self some advice. So I always kind of like to wrap up my interviews with that question. If you could go back, what would you tell your former self? I would tell very, you know, young Madonna um, <laughs> that comparison is the thief of all joy. Like there is no no need to compare. Yeah. I, I think like I got my first credit card 18 or 19. At the time I was working part-time going to university. My best friend was, was working full-time and I, I couldn't compete with her. And I tried and, and so I used my credit card and, I really wish from from back then that I woke up 
um, and realise that your life doesn't have to be the same as yeah. someone else's. You don't have to have the same thing. And if you are happy with choices, then that's all that matters. It's only about you being happy. So I really wish from the outset I didn't try and compare or compete. And I really wish that I didn't have the idea in my head that I had to follow the traditional kind of plan that I had to go to university and things like that. I, I think I, I'm, I'm happy in my choice to be a teacher but I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to go to university and our structure of um, bills isn't the same as yours. We don't have to get a loan to go to university. Our um, government pays for university, but we have to pay them back. So mm. we don't have student loans that accrue interest. They go up with CPA, but they don't accrue, accrue interest. So, And then they get just taken out with our taxes at the end of the year. We just um, pay it off. So... I still accrued, I, I did three university degrees because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I really wish that I just didn't didn't buy into following other people's life plans. Um, I, I really wish that I didn't. Um, and then I got out and got a full-time job and then realised what I wanted to do and go back to that because it actually wasn't until I'd been at uni about six years and one of my childhood friends, she's a couple of years older, said to me, I'm going to go become a home ec teacher. And I was like, wow, that is exactly mm-hmm. what I want to do too. That, that sounds like a fantastic job. It's all the things I'm interested in. Um, I love that age group. Like I, I love older kids where you can have the, the banter and the jokes with. Mm-hmm. And Wendy signed up and the next year I enrolled as well. And so I really wish that it hadn't taken me doing an archaeology degree and an arts degree and psychology degree to get to that point. Yeah. So I, I really wish that someone told me you don't have to follow the plan that everyone else follows, just do your own thing. I, I think if I'd gone and worked full time, I still would be in the position I was in um, with once Wendy decided to go to university, I would have gone <laughs> too because it was like a light bulb moment of, hey, that actually is a, is a great idea. That is exactly what I want to do. And in saying that, I, I really wish I brought a house. I, I live in quite an expensive, like, city. I really wish I brought a house when I was, like, 19. I, I really... <laughs> if, if I could tell anyone anything, that's and that's what I would have... If I could go back, I would be like, go buy a house. That's what you need to do. And some yeah. shares in Apple. Shares in Apple yes. and a house when I was 19. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Not, nothing uh, major. Nothing, nothing major. major. <laughs> shares in Apple and a house. Yeah, maybe yeah. some Google yeah. shares, you know, some things like that. <laughs> yes. Just a couple hundred thousand when I was 19 in Google shares. Like, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be really nice. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you so much coming on and, and sharing everything that you have shared with us. It has been so much fun talking to you and so much fun getting to know you a little better. No, thank you. I, I'm, yeah, as I said before, I'm super excited to be asked. So thank you, Sammy. That's, yes. I was excited. <laughs> yes, for sure. So I will link to all of your stuff in the show notes, your Instagram and your website and all of that good stuff. So people can keep up with you and everything and follow the rest of your journey um so thank you so much for hanging out thanks very much for having me yes all right i will talk to you guys 
Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.